Who makes the choices and decisions when it comes to your children's education? If you're leaving it all up to the school, your kid may be missing out. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey talks with an expert about how you as the parent can get involved. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Randy Gashler is a certified teacher, administrator, and founder of one of the first charter schools in America. He's also the author of a book called Parent-Driven Schools. Randy, welcome to InfoTrack. Thanks for having me. Let's just start with your basic premise. You say parents need to take back our schools. Explain that. Well, I think in the last several decades, there's been a constant erosion of real parental involvement in what's going on in the schools. And particularly with any sort of decision-making, the concept of district boards was intended to allow that sort of input. But I'm talking about the input on a student-by-student basis. And we've been running charter schools out here in California for 15 years that focus primarily on a partnership between the parent and the teacher developing and executing a plan, a learning plan for each individual student. And that gets the parents the ability to use their knowledge of their own child to help the process. And we think that that's a major plus in the students actually being able to learn how to learn and enjoy the learning process. Why is it that you think parents have kind of gotten out of this process? Is it because of the structure of schools today, or is it because of parents being too busy? Well, no, we've been told for so many years that we don't know really what we're talking about. We need to trust the experts and let them make those sorts of decisions, and people just accept that. I think they accept it easily, number one, because they know they're not sure about what education is really all about. They know what they went through themselves but they really don't claim to be teachers themselves. And in our schools, we're not asking them to be. But if you get told that long enough, then you tend to believe it. And couple that with the fact that if they're going to be so adamant, if the educrats and public education system is going to be so adamant that they need to make the decisions about what a child learns and when they learn it and where they learn it, then we accept that and let them have not only that authority, but that responsibility. It kind of releases the parents' responsibility to that, and they can just feel like, well, you know, I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the danger. When parents do that, then the system their kid's in really, if they fail, they just walk away and have a new crop of customers every year, and you're stuck with the results, with the failing results for the rest of your life. Just talk for a moment about our nation's educational system in general. What do you see as the problems? Well, there's a multitude of different types of problems. I think the major one, probably if I was to start at the top, is the interference that has recently cropped up in the last several years from the federal level to dictate what's important for a child, an individual child at the local level. To do that from the federal government is pretty absurd. And the No Child Left Behind program has done basically that by dictating so much emphasis on the standardized testing approach and what those standardized testings are going to look at the state level. What happens is it filters down to what the opportunities are for the children. I think that's a major problem. Then you have the state bureaucracies that get involved as well. And so much of what is done at the classroom level is dictated by politicians and I call them educrats. And if you take, on the other hand, the fact that every child is different, you're keeping the teacher and the learning process for that child, you're inhibiting that so that you can't really get an effective relationship there because of all the other demands. You mentioned some of the problems with standardized testing, but critics, on the other hand, would say that some sort of standardized tests are needed because schools were basically handing out diplomas to illiterates for too many years. 
Well, but the fallacy there is that the term standardized test means you're going to test all students' ability in a certain area the same way. So all you're really getting information about is how they're able to test that way. There are different ways to test for the same sort of knowledge. If you want to know if somebody has an ability or a skill, there's different ways to find that out. And unfortunately, there are a lot of kids out there that their way of exhibiting their knowledge on a multiple choice test is oftentimes not the best way for them to do it. And all you're getting in the standardized test program is their ability to take it in that form. You're narrowing it down. You're really not finding out how well they know that skill. And the purpose of the standardized test is a good one. Yeah, we want to know if they're successful. When you say and know that all kids are different and they have different strengths and weaknesses and how they do things, the whole notion of applying a standardized test is contrary to that. Our guest on InfoTrack is Randy Gashler. He's the author of a book called Parent-Driven Schools, and he has a number of different ideas to improve our nation's educational system, including more parental involvement. And, Randy, one of the other things you're talking about is injecting competition into schools. Tell us about that. Okay. Our country, and this has been for a long time now, that each state has a similar type of program in which the school districts are divided up in the state and the students that reside within a certain geographical boundary belong to that district. If you want your kid to go to another school that is outside of that geographical boundary, you have to have the permission of the district that you reside in and the one you want to go to. And oftentimes they don't want to give you that permission. Mm -hmm. One of the things that have been exciting about the charter school movement, and there are 42 states in the country right now with charter school laws, is that pretty much every state's law says that that no longer exists. Any student in the state can go to a charter school, and you don't have to have anybody's permission. Well, my degree is in economics, so it's difficult for me to believe, and I know a lot of people agree, that you can't possibly not improve when you have to compete for your students. If you don't have to compete for them, there's not nearly the incentive to get better and to do things that the people want you to do for their kids. And I've seen that just in so many areas, but it's lacking from the public education area because of that ownership of the students that live in those districts. So if you were offering advice to parents on what they can do to have a positive influence on their particular child's school, what would you tell them? I think a lot of people are afraid of complaining or speaking up because they don't want to be viewed as the troublemaking parent in their kid's school. Well, then you're right. That's exactly what a lot of people hear, too. They go in, they want to talk to somebody, and they're made to feel oftentimes that they really have no business causing a problem. But you know what? They can't afford not to. Their child's future relies on them getting the sort of grounding that we would expect to get from all the money that's being put into that. And oftentimes, parents are not aware that their kid's really failing, particularly if they're getting good grades. But you can get good grades in most schools and not really be learning much. As soon as you get out of high school then, now it's a different world. Your grades don't mean anything to employers. You actually have to know how to do something. And so the parents really cannot afford to take that risk. They have to know. They've got to know their child enough to know if they're just a good kid and they go in and they do what they're told and that's why they get good grades, or if they're actually successful in the act of learning and enjoy that process because that's what's going to be important. After that, if they feel confident that their kid's really learning and a great student, and many are, then there's not much they have to do because the system works well for a lot of students, but some statistics are saying that upwards of 40% of students are really not learning much at all and have problems, at least in some areas. 
If you have a kid that's one of those, you have to find out not only specifically what the problem is, but how it could be addressed, how it could be fixed. Because once you get a kid that's shut down a little bit in one area, the chances are pretty good that he's going to start shutting down in all the areas and he's going to protect his own self by not really trying very hard. And then you got a major problem. And if they find out that their kid is one of those, they've got to be involved at the school. They've got to be meeting with the teacher and the administration at that school. They need to be finding out who's running for their school board, what their stance on education is, whether they believe that parents have a place in that or not, and on up the line of the political spectrum. Good information. Randy Gashler, certified teacher, administrator, and founder of one of the first charter schools in America and author of a book called Parent Driven Schools. Uh, Randy, do you have a website where people can find out more? Sure. You can get all the information. We even have a helpline for parents at parentdrivenschools.com. All right. Thanks again for joining us today on InfoTrack. Thank you very much for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mack. Next, whites, Latinos, African Americans, we live in a melting pot world. How leaders can pull it all together. That's ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.